Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. Well, hello, everybody. It's Becky Brown, and I am joined by Dr. Alice Benton and Dr. Jill Hubbard in California. How are you? Hey, gals. Hello. We're doing good. Becky, yep. glad to be with you. It's Wise Wisdom Day with the women, and so uh, we're going to go right to the calls, and uh, we're going to talk with Shante, who's calling us from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, listens on WAVA. Hello, Shante. How can we help you today? Yes, hello. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Um, I'm calling to ask, uh, thank you. I'm calling to ask a question about myself. I'm a married woman for 12 years. My husband, for six years, has been using crack cocaine actively. Uh, mm. He has abandoned me for the last year and 13 months. Um, I moved to a new locate or state, and out of a year and a half, he's only been there three months total. My question is, how can I help myself? If I, I have sought legal advice to get a divorce, but I was told if I divorced him, I would have to give him half of the equity, Ooh. even though he didn't put anything into it. And I would have to give him half of my retirement. So I, divorce is not an option. It was never an option, but divorce really isn't an option for me now. Um, I'm in a new state with no one. And at times I feel, I, I feel like um, I don't know where mm. my life is going. Mm-hmm. Gosh, Shante, we hear that pain, and it is such a difficult situation. Um, Jill, let's start with you. What what oh, would I'm you just, say for Shante? Yeah, and and Shante, tell me again how long you've been married total. Twelve years. Twelve years. Okay, so the first six years of the marriage was he using then? Uh, no, he had his own business. Uh, I, I used to always joke about while I was cooking dinner, when I would get off of work, he would be sitting at the table. We would be playing family feud. Mm-hmm. I'd clean the dishes up, and we would go upstairs to bed without hand, holding hands at night before we would go to sleep. Oh. He lost his business. So when he lost his business, he turned to the drugs? No, that's what took his business away. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. He, the people that he the people that he was hiring, his business became very successful. Mm-hmm. And um, he was hiring people from the street and those people from the streets were using drugs and I guess one thing from that, I started noticing how he wasn't at home for dinner, and he was going in the area where I knew that they used drugs, and mm-hmm. he would say, just because they're doing it doesn't mean I'm going to do it, and it happened. What a shock, mm-hmm. and you went from so oh. such an ideal marriage in so many ways to mm-hmm. this. Uh, do you have children together? No, we don't. And what took you to this new state you've moved to? 
Well, I thought that if we moved away from a place that I know is prone for drugs, Mm-hmm. That we could start all over oh. in our marriage because I was trying to save our marriage. Mm-hmm. Oh. Of course. It's so hard, Shantae. You can hear the music. We're going to go to a break, but, but we're going to come back and we're going to uh, talk further with you. You know, it can be overwhelming when people get stuck in those kind of addictions. Mm-hmm. They can't, they get lost. They can't see themselves and they can't see what they've done. And I, I just, it, well, it hijacks so their brain. It hijacks yes, their brain. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. And everything else. It yep. hijacks the family, yep. hijacks the marriage, mm-hmm. the, the business, all of those things. Shantae, our heart goes out to you, but we're going we're gonna to come back after this break and we're going to give you some help. And if you're holding on, we're going to continue to answer calls all throughout this next hour. We're glad that we are here to help. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. And we are so grateful to be able to get to all of these calls and just, you know, we're, we're grateful to be here. And we're talking with Shantae, who's been married 12 years, but um, husband has been addicted to cocaine for six mm-hmm. Um you know, Shantae, one of the things, and then I'll let Allison, Jill continue. One of the things that I think about is sometimes when we get the first answer from legal representation, we think that that's the only answer that's viable, and we may need to go to another lawyer. Now, I know that um, there's a part of you that says divorce is off the table because of this um, requirement to give him half, but I think, you know, just an idea, if you were to give him half now, then you have the rest of your life to be free and not to be chained by this. And I, you know, I'm not for, you know, divorce necessarily. I would love for your husband to get clean and sober and find a transformed life. But that's just one option that I, you know, just well, sometimes it's hard when but, you're in those situations. Right. But to even seek out a legal separation yes. and, yes. and then work on kind of putting that out before him. You know, we're going to live separately until you're willing to get the help and to go into treatment, right? And yes. maybe you've already done all of that. But that is, you know, for you. Go ahead. State that I live in this is a divorce or, or marriage. There's no legal separation. There's no legal separation. Oh. Okay. So what do you think, okay. Shantae, about... Like, did what do you think about seeking other legal advice or just considering what I suggested? Well, I mean, because I'm paying for everything, um, it, you have to to get sit down and talk to a lawyer. You have to give them a fee, and and that's to me that's like throwing money away that I don't have right now because I am on a fixed income. Mm. Mm. A lot of attorneys will actually give a free consultation before they take any action with you. So I'd have you at least make some phone calls to ask for free consultations because I've worked with attorneys who are willing to do so. And I know it's it's different by state, but but do ask. Because, your... yeah, it seems like there needs to be some kind of protection for you moving forward mm-hmm. so that he doesn't just get to to clean you out, so to speak. How is he funding his drug habit right now? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. And is he talking to you at all? And if so, what's he saying about the marriage, about what sobriety? What's he talking about? 
Um, I uh, I went to where he was. I just had I was riding around and I saw his vehicle, and I left a note on there because I hadn't talked to him in two weeks. He doesn't call me when he's out there, and mm-hmm. um, he told me that he was coming home. I told him that he needed help. He said he know, and um, mm. he said I'm coming, but he never. It's been almost a week and he didn't come. So he doesn't say anything. Mm. He doesn't agree with me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and either he won't talk at all when he's sleeping, or when he talks, he'll say, I'm right. Yeah. yeah. Me, You're right. You're right. He says the correct yeah. words, but with absolutely no yeah. follow through. What, right. What's his family involvement with this? And, and is any of his family supportive of you? Um, they have abandoned him as well. He, mm. They live in, mm. uh, in another state, south. And when it first happened, uh, I asked them to come up and do an intervention, and they they said no. Mm-hmm. 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 It's a little overwhelming. You know, Shante, you also had asked earlier about what can you do for yourself, and I would suggest... Um, since the fixed income is an issue, we're going to connect you with the life recovery group that will help you with, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody who's struggling with addiction, Mm -hmm. it really impacts you in a great way. And you need a group of people around you that you can be seen and heard. It's not going to cost you anything, you know, but it will be a very supportive community for you to move forward in whatever the decision making is. You know, a lot of times what we think is that, um, the person who has the addiction has all the power and it does feel that way. Mm-hmm. It feels that way right now. But we who are on the outside can see that there's hope and there's promise. And to Alice's point, there are, um, there are legal, uh, aids out there that are not going to charge you, you know, necessarily that upfront money. But that also is one of those subjects that you can talk about with, uh, this strong group of people around you. But mm-hmm. Shante, we're going to, we're going to send you a copy of understanding and loving a person with um, uh, addiction. I think it's drug addiction and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's by Dave Stoop. Yeah. 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 And I think that'll also be some help because it it is like walking into a quagmire when you're trying to make sense out of things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. And you have your whole life in front of you and we want to help you get um, some healing in that. We're so glad you called. It's so hard when you know, you're in relationships like that that um, just impact every part of your life. Uh, we're going to continue taking calls and we're going to talk to uh, Marie, who's calling us from Nebraska, listens on KJLT. Hi, Marie. Thanks for calling. How can we help you today? Hi, um, I have, uh, we have a daughter who has decided she's a man in a woman's body, um, and she has been uh, transitioning for a little over five years. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> when <clears throat> she started into this, you know, I took her out for a meal at her favorite restaurant and said, honey, I don't understand what's going on, but definitely I see there's changes here. And she explained to me what she thought, you know, that she thought she was a man in a woman's body. And I said, well, I definitely don't understand this. And I believe God made a man and a woman. And he wasn't confused when he did that. But Um, I will love you no matter what. She has been injecting herself with testosterone for six years, has a very, very deep voice, 
um, has a beard, you know, and um, she moved far away in another state um, with some other people she has met who accept her, like they have sort of Mm -hmm. created their community there, (laughs) you know. She lives in a house with three other girls, one pair of girls is married to each other, another one is transitioning also, and they all live together. Um, Recently, I found out just through a chance happening that she's changed her name, (laughs) and she's Mm -hmm. changed her name to Crescent legally because it has no gender. Because she made up a name similar to her name that she used as a man's name, and none of us ever called her that. Mm-hmm. Um, in our, she's one of six children, and um, <clears throat> how old is she, Marie? She will be thirty this year. So how can we help um, you, Marie? It's a yeah. it's a very confusing situation, but how can we best serve you? <laughs> um, I just feel like we're growing further and further apart. Mm-hmm. And um, we were so close. She's my youngest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're very, very close always. And I just don't know how to how to love her, how to, you know, I told her I would always call her her female name. I said, I bore you in my body. Mm -hmm. I named you this name. And she goes, well, this will be hard to explain to somebody, you know, when I've got a beard. And I said, no, it won't. I know Mm -hmm. who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we need to speak truth to her. But... You know, my husband sat down with her with scripture and stuff, and and we, you know, she was raised in the church. She believes she's an absolute follower of God, and God just loves her where she's at and accepts this. And he made her to feel that, you know, she has, she's a guy, you know, and I said, I just don't think that. Um, Marie, Marie, I... I want you to know, I want you to know we really understand your mm-hmm. biblical position and we believe in the same verses that you do, that that was God's original creation. Mm-hmm. But I want to tell you, Marie, the more research I look into about this, the more I, I allow doubt and the fact that we also deal with a lot of ignorance surrounding this issue. There's certainly acute gender dysphoria where we're seeing children who never displayed opposite sex tendencies who all of a sudden made a switch, but we didn't see it in childhood. And it may be that, that there's a societal influence there. And there are um, there are other, what I would call disorders, that have a societal influence and a societal contagion to them as well. Eating disorders is one example of that. But in this broken, fallen world, all of our generations of ongoing sin and brokenness, Marie, I've got to wonder what that has done to the experience of biological sex versus the experience of gender. And that even though as a Christian, I look at it and say, that was not what God intended for you. You're obviously wrong in how you're experiencing yourself. There's got to be something off here. Well, there is something off. But we don't have all the answers of what makes that switch where the biological sex doesn't feel accurate to somebody's gender. And so I I would probably, to your surprise, I'd ask you to 
should prayerfully reconsider whether or not you'll use your daughter's new chosen name. And as disturbing as that feels, and although you don't agree with the new name, when I have read from uh, providers who work intensively with this population, um, they have found that there is always a story, often hidden, about what led to the gender dysphoria that this person is experiencing. And it may actually be the person's best attempt at showing up in the world. So so we've got to hold that there's an immense amount of mystery here that we have not yet unraveled. But it could be, ask, ask God about this, but it could be that using your daughter's name is a way to attempt to show love to her, although it feels so wrong to do. And in every individual case I've dealt with where I've wondered, do I use this person's new chosen name or do I use their given birth name? Because my my preference (laughs) is certainly use the name given at birth, especially for you as a mother. But that's putting a wedge between you and your daughter, which then diminishes your influence and your position in her life. So I ask you, prayerfully reconsider surrendering that stance. Jill, what would you offer to Marie? Wow. Well, I, I agree that, Marie, this is so complicated. And I, my heart goes out to you as a mom because you're grieving. You know, I think about developmentally, each stage of a child's life, when we look back at the pictures, like, like I miss, you know, my kids mm-hmm. at their younger ages because they're not those people anymore mm-hmm. right who they their little were. voices too yeah their little voices miss, yeah. how they thought <laughs> how they interacted i miss that and i have to grieve all the time those mm-hmm. younger ages while at the same time embracing who they are today and trying to you know um champion the good in them right so that they can be the best they can be i i do think there's yeah. so much in this that a person like you're saying is trying to express and act out and because this has become acceptable in society it's now a vehicle for people to do that in the past it would have come out in a different way and so i think um I, i i think meeting your daughter where she's at she knows how you feel right trying to love her even though you disagree with her and she knows you disagree because you've done a really good job you of have. gently sharing your beliefs while mm-hmm. still affirming and supporting her. And right. I, we right. praise you for that. Right. Well, and you know, to to your question, Marie, about how you don't want to feel so distant. I do think that, you know, the fact that she is the youngest, mm-hmm. that you were very close. Mm-hmm. There is that grief that what Jill is describing. But you want the relationship to continue to be close as it can be as our adults grow. And you know this because you've Mm -hmm. had other ones that have left the house. It's not always the same. And so if this relationship becomes centered around this disruption, it will cease to be close. She will not stay close Mm -hmm. to you because it will be a debate every time. And it makes you sad. Jill, you were going to say something. We want, you, we want you to look into Preston Sprinkle's mm-hmm. work and his book, Embodied, because he gives some biblical guidelines of how to handle these relationships in yeah. a loving and compassionate way, which you're trying yeah. to do. Preston is smart. He's got a great podcast, and Steve refers to it all the time. But mm-hmm. Marie, we're glad, we, we are glad you called. We're going to send you a copy of the One Year Bible for Women. I know you are a Bible-reading woman, but I think that will encourage you uh these are difficult times, difficult relationships. We're going to have a, you know, a, we want to have that closeness, yet our children grow up to be the people that they think that 
they want to be, and we have to learn how to stay connected. We'll be right back after this. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. Sometimes we need a little more help than we can provide on a radio call. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have our counselor network, our coaching network. We offer workshops. We have our life recovery groups, which I referred to already. Um, You know, newlife.com is the place that you can find all of that information. But I also want to encourage you, if you have any questions, it doesn't cost you anything to call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. And we've got a great group of folks that are answering the calls and will speak to you personally um, and see how we can get you uh, some help and some resources. Becky? Can I just emphasize something from our last call? You You know, in in Jim Burns' book, Doing Life with Our Adult Kids, um, one of the things he always says is don't be a one-topic parent. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important to, yes, you've got to talk about things, and it's good to have the conversation be able to go in both directions, but then to, um, just as a parent, show interest in other aspects of a, of a kid's life, not just mm-hmm. the area that you're most concerned with. Because we do know that there are other things that are fueling this that aren't getting attended to. And so you, you're not the therapist, but you can be someone that shows compassion and concern or care about the other parts of your daughter. And it's yeah, nat- you know, it's oh, ahead, natural to be turned off by your child's new community when right. you think, oh, they're just a bad influence and they're exacerbating the problem. There's some legitimate concern there, but there is also such empathy and support in that community. And so there's an, an accessing of love there that your daughter is going through. Mm-hmm. And so ha- being willing to find out what's the good in these people, these new people that are in her life and showing a curiosity what's the about draw, them. Right? Yes. What are the characteristics? qualities what what are the attachments there what does she feel when she's with these people Mm -hmm. right well and i said uh, i said that you know as a mom you're not going to be the therapist Mm -hmm. which is hard for those of us who are therapists because we just naturally come up with these questions (laughs) and my children say all the time my children who are adults are like mom exactly (laughs) not in the chair and I, i get it i get it but the curiosity that we need to have for our adult sons and daughters is critical, not just for, you know, dealing with stuff like this. We've got a lot of folks that they're distant from their adult sons and daughters because they're not curious about their life. Like, ask about work or, you know, we... Or they shut them down too quickly because they're scared of what they might hear. Yeah, you just never know what you let out of the house. I tell you, (laughs) we're going to go to our next caller. It's Claudia calling us from Orange City, Florida, listens on WKTO. We're so glad you called. Claudia, how can we help you today? Well, my husband's in a nursing home. It's been very difficult. He's only 68. And he has two grown kids. We used to be so close. But now it's so silly. My stepdaughter has decided before she got married, she got married in January, that she wanted my shed. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of to be upset about. Um, The shed is old. I'm using it. It would cost her $400 to move it to where she lives. People tell me it might just fall apart. 
So I wrote her mom a little note. My husband and I talked about it, and we thought, why don't you? I'm sure she had a bridal registry. We encouraged her to ask for money for the shed on the bridal registry. Now, Christmas, she hung up on me. Then she said, "I if I get if I didn't I didn't care about her because I wouldn't give her the shed. I know there's something mm. else, but I don't know what it is. So anyway, um, now she called me not too long ago. She said, "Don't ever call her mother. Don't ever call her grandmother. Don't ever mm. call anybody else in her family. Have a nice life. Goodbye." Mm. So, wow. And her dad, he's a great guy, but. He's always been this way. He never asks questions. Even her, his son got a new job, and I said, "How does AJ like his new job?" Oh, I don't know. We don't talk about it. So he has talked to Elaine a couple times and asked her to make up with me. But I mean, I recently did made some changes to my um, situation as far as I got new. A lady to be my, you know, with my living will and all that. So I wrote Elena and I told her that I had, you know, planned to uh, have a cremation thing and all this kind of stuff. And I just signed it. Uh, I still love you. Mm. I don't know if I'll get any response. Mm. I've kind of given up, but it, I just grieve for this relationship. I've known that girl since she was seven years old. Oh, oh Claudia, I'm so sorry. About all that, it's very hard. Mm. And my Claudia. I had to put my cat to sleep in December. I'm still Aww. upset about that. Yeah, there's Elena a lot of loss even there. Called me. I've well, had so a lot Claudia, of loss. Let's let I, I want to see what Jill and Alice have to say. I just want to ask one clarifying question Is your husband going to be permanently in care or will he come yes. home at some point? He will permanently I be wish in care, he could, but he, he, he's pretty much bed bound. Oh. Okay, okay, and Claudia, and how very hard. Oh, over the break, think about whether or not there was much conflict in your relationship with Elaine before the shed incident happened. But we'll ask about that on the other side of the break. Yeah, well, hold on, uh, Claudia. We'll get to after this break. You can hear the music. You know, um, there's many ways that you can listen. You can listen online. You can listen on our app. We have podcasts that people listen to, our YouTube channel as well. And I always want to say hello to our YouTube uh, watchers because I am part of your community. And you can click like or share, subscribe. It really makes a difference because it gets the word out to so many people so that we can help people like Claudia. Like yourself, maybe you need to give us a call, 1-800-229-3000, and we'll take the call after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call one 800 new life now if you're new to us we drop an episode every weekday we would love it if you would rate or write a review which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places glad you joined us for New Life Live. 
To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. It is always something when it comes to family. And we are talking with Claudia, whose family is in disruption right now. And uh, Claudia, Alice left you with the question. And I don't know if you've thought of an answer, but... About previous conflict with I your stepdaughter. What, uh, oh, okay. Tell Pardon us uh-huh. Tell us a little about the history of your relationship with Elaine, and what, was there a good well, bit of conflict it, in that it's relationship? It's always been difficult with... Uh, I've always gotten along really well with her brother, but she's a drama queen. She's always had her own way about everything. Uh, she's very spoiled. Her father contributed to that. I used to fuss at him. Uh, she used to say when she was nine, we were on a trip, and uh, she said, we'll pretend that Daddy's in charge. <laughs> and he thought it was funny. I was aghast. But, she, but um, I said, your wow. dad's in charge all the time, but she didn't think mm. so, you know? And, Claudia, mm. has she cut you off like this before when she gets really upset? Not not to this extent. This is the worst. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't invited to the wedding. I wasn't invited oh, to the bridal really? shower. Oh. Well, I, I so there's a history. So there's a history up, here, I said, Claudia. I thought I don't even want to go because she's going to drink a lot, and I mean I'm in, I'm all for having well, a good time. But her father is an alcoholic. Claudia, I mean that's part Claudia. of the reason he's got dementia. Oh. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. We get, there is a lot of disruption in the family. There's a lot. And so what your stepdaughter is doing now is more of the same on a different mm-hmm. level. And so um, that's the reason why, you know, Alice was asking about the history. But Jill or Alice, let's give Claudia some steps moving forward. Well, well I just, but I wanted to ask about, okay, that she's focused now on the shed. So it sounds like she's been spoiled. Whatever she wants, she gets. But Right. You're you're kind of scratching your head about this shed because like you said she could just I buy think herself it's just a shed. Touching the surface. Right. But you is know, there anything to it. Is, is there anything about the shed? Why is this shed significant in any way? Was it something I don't know. Like did her she dad build it? And she said if I cared about her I'd give her the shed and I thought I bought that shed in 2006. It's old. I paid $1,600 for it. First, I told her I would give it to her for 400 but then I realized I would never get any money because that's how she is. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, they need to get their own darn shed, you know? And, well, and, so, said, well, and you're still using it. Shed to own. I mean... Claudia, you you certainly don't want to enable her spoiled approach and her drama queen approach to relationship with you. And at the same time, we were wondering over the break, as her father has gone into a nursing home and she received some news from you about your plans for your own living will and for your cremation, uh, it could be that she's in great emotional distress about her dad and about hearing your future I'm plans. Sure, sure. sure. Right. And it right. doesn't it doesn't justify how she's handling the shed. But I also wonder, is this the battle you want to fight with her, especially as it seems to mean complete loss of relationship? And and when you consider, well, do I give the shed up if it means I get to have any relationship with my stepdaughter? Yeah, what what's your thought about um, that? Blackmailing me about the shed. I I don't like that. No, I don't okay. like. I don't they like came that over either. One day, and they were hold on, they Claudia, were hold, on real hold on, nice. hold, Claudia, I, hold on, I, just a I, second. I, I think though there needs to be an intermediate step, 
Claudia, where you say, I'm really confused about your attachment to the shed that I'm still using. Can you help me understand why this is so important to you? Well, I, she won't talk to me, so I don't know what well, to do. Well, you might I have to reach her, out a, in writing. Right. I'm not even going to call her because she'll probably just hang up. Right. Um, so, Claudia, so Claudia but Claudia, could yeah. you text her? Could you email her? I don't could text. you write her a note and say, <laughs> I'm really sad I've known you since you were seven, and I'm sad about the loss of relationship. I think that is and the way to I'm go. sad about your dad, and I'm sure you are too. Right. And yet, I'm still here, and I still desire a relationship with you. Can you help me understand some things? And are you hurting over these losses that you feel the need to push me away? Right. And yeah. what was the significance of the shed? Like it could be a connection to her dad in some weird right. way. Right. I don't know. It could be it could be one of those uh, practices that we do with uh, so many clients where we'll say write a letter. Mm-hmm. You may not send it, but it may be a good way to process that. And and yeah. Claudia, just the way that you expressed a lot of that's going on is a lot of loss, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of grief that's going on um, just with the loss of your husband, even though he's still alive. There's the loss of that relationship, and then this turmoil that's going on. You know, in families, we um, you know we talked about this in another show where people get stuck in the grief process and then also just the the getting through the estate and all of those kind of mm-hmm. things and you're already making changes it's just there's a lot of confusion um what book could we send uh claudia just before the book i want to briefly add um becky that claudia with with my mom when she passed away i needed one of her mechanical pencils for some reason, that meant so mm. much to me because she always used it. I always saw her using it, and I just needed to have one of them. And it didn't make sense to anybody else, but it was an emotional connection to my mom. Mm-hmm. And then one other thing, Claudia, you would said, you said you'd give it to her at first for the 400, and then you changed your mind. I find that when I tell my kids I'll do something and I don't follow through, it is very hurtful to them. And it, they feel like I don't care about them because I didn't do what I said I would do. So in addition to Jill's advice of wondering about the shed and um, expressing your care for your stepdaughter, I'd also have you invite her. How did it affect you that I said yes? And then I changed my mind because Mm -hmm. that's so often a point of rupture from parents to children or parents to stepchildren. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Claudia, for calling. Now we're going to go to Cindy, who's calling us from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, listens on Sirius XM. And hi, Cindy. How can we help you today? Thanks for calling. Hi, Becky. Thank you. So I had actually called in uh, almost a year ago about a friend of mine. I think it was um, Dr. Jill and Becky. I think you were both on this call. But I had a friend who we pretty much split ways, and there wasn't a big falling out. It was just kind of a mutual... um, we're having a tough time connecting. We don't agree on some things. I was getting married and she didn't like that I was getting married. I don't even think it really had anything to do with my husband. I think it just was, I think there was a point of jealousy there or something. Hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, we, had, we just kind of had a, a, a I, we had a time where we talked and um, how it ended pretty much was that I told her, you know, hey, like I'm, I'm getting married. And, you know, if you're telling me that I need to choose between you and my husband, 
It, oh, I mean, wow. you know, my fiance, it's, it's going to have to be my fiance. You know, it's, that's just mm-hmm. how it's, I mean, and it was one of those things. So, um, and she was like, no, and I totally understand that. I just, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she, she kind of wasn't being truthful about some things. And so we both just kind of left it. And then um, a few days ago, I was just, I just woke up and it's been a kind of a hard, it's been kind of a tough point for me this whole year. But um, the other day I just woke up and I just felt like the Lord was mm-hmm. asking me to, to reconcile with her mm-hmm. and I was reading healing as a choice and I was reading about the section on forgiveness and there was a point where um where Steve just points out that uh I think it's Matthew 5 9 that we're called to be peacemakers and so mm-hmm. I I just reached I called her I, told, I was like should I write her a letter should I send her a text and my husband said you should call her and so mm-hmm. I called her and I just told her hey I I don't really want to rehash the past but I want to let you know that I miss you. I'm thinking of you, um, and that I want to apologize for for what for my part in us, you know, for the things that I did that caused us to separate and not be not you know be close anymore. Um, That's and beautiful. Want to take ownership for for what I did, and mm-hmm. so she was really, you know, she was really. Um, there was a lot of maturity in her response too, which was a good sign for me, and that mm-hmm. she was. Um, you know, she was like, she was like, Hey, let me stop you there. Like, you're not the only one who had to be to blame in what we did, you know, and I apologize for for everything on my side as well. So we had a really, we had a really great conversation. We talked for like an hour, we caught up on life and we're going to get together, um, next week. And Mm. although I'm really, I'm really, you know, happy with how the phone call turned out, there's still a part of me that's very hesitant and very reluctant. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the pain that's there. So I'm just wondering how mm. should I go into that meeting with her? Well, I'm glad to hear that you took that step. Yeah, that is wonderful. And we'll briefly say before the break that the hesitation is probably wisdom because Mm -hmm. you don't know how can I trust this relationship and then how vulnerable, how quickly should I be vulnerable with her? So we'll come back with some advice about that, about pacing this out to find out what kind of person is she now after this period of separation. Well, and it's always just, you know, even in couples counseling, you know, when couples have been separated, there's that awkwardness of coming back together mm-hmm. just because you've been apart. And, you know, it. I love that you took the step forward. So many times we don't hear that. We're telling people to do that. And uh, you did that, Cindy. So we are so grateful that there is a reconnection. And we'll reconnect with you when we get back after the break. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We are talking to Cindy and um, she is reconciling with a friend, took the first step back and we are so proud of you for doing that, Cindy. You're doing a lot of good work. Um, Alice or Jill, what would you recommend as how to do that next step? Well, I think, you know, Alice, you were saying it seems normal to be a bit hesitant yep. because you have been hurt and you don't really know completely why things broke apart, right? And yet you did say in your apology, you don't really want to rehash the past. I think the first step really is what you're doing, meeting face to face and just go in with just wanting to connect with her now just seeing how she's doing, what's gone on in her life, and kind of a little more um, 
you know, catch kind of a catching up. Um, she's very familiar to you because you've been so close. And so it is a little bit awkward, Alice, like you were saying. So it's so to think about it as someone that you haven't seen in a long time and you're just kind of catching up and being in their presence and just being in their presence is enough. Yeah. Right. It doesn't Alice? have to be a super deep conversation. Yeah. It might be purposefully superficial mm-hmm. for a time until you determine, is she going to be safe to be a friend in, in, in the context of your marriage? Because she had something against your husband for some reason. And so you might withhold some of the deeper parts of your heart from her that you used to share with mm-hmm. her. And, and I'd have you be open at some point to perhaps reconsider rehashing the past because you might need to find out why did she take such a severe stance of choose your husband or choose me? There's a mm-hmm. story there that mm-hmm. if you're to have a deep relationship again, you'll probably need to find out more about it. But you can keep yeah. it superficial for but as not long on as the first is meeting. Uh-uh. Yeah. Right. Well, and I was even thinking the first meeting should be like go to one of those paint shops or ceramic, you know, make a make something together. Because then there's this common conversation that's happening while you're doing an activity. Right. You're just having it's a little fun less together. Threatening. Yes, exactly. Well, we're, we hope, Cindy, that that will be helpful. And uh, we're going to send you a copy of the One Year Bible for Women. I think that'll be encouraging to you. We're going to go to our last caller. Uh, Jenna is calling us from Austin, Texas, and listens on the podcast. Hi, uh, hi, hi Jenna. How can we help you today? I'm glad we, we got to your call. Yes, I have a question of how I could get my ability to cry back. Um, I'm, you know, in my 50s and am a strong person, but I feel a lot. I've got grown children, and it would just be helpful if I could cry with them when they're hurting. And tears just don't come to me. And did they mm. used to come to you, Jenna? Um, yes, but I even remember, like, in college and stuff, I had a long-distance boyfriend, and he would always think it was strange that I didn't cry when we were saying goodbye. But I would cry after he left. But I also came from a very harsh father, and he would make, you know, I would cry and then my tears would trigger his apology. And I remember hmm. saying I was not ever going to cry in front of him again. Hmm. So you and kind of made a vow true. to yourself that it wasn't safe to cry. Right. Right? But I, I, yes, that's true. I remember those, you know, actually being at the side of my bed and saying I will never cry in front of him again. Hmm. He will never hmm. bring me to tears. And I've had painful things that have happened throughout life. And, you know, my grown daughters have had losses. And I'm a strong person, and I do things for them, and I do grieve with them and hold them. But I don't cry with them, and I wish I could. And that recently and, and something happened with one of them, and I'm just so you, I can't. You don't cry with people, but you said that... You have cried after people have left. So do you have the ability to cry at all, even when you're alone? It hasn't been for many years that I've even cried alone. Sometimes I will feel the pain in my chest of crying, and I would love to cry, but it doesn't. It doesn't come. 
Mm-hmm. Those commitments that we make to ourselves, I will never cry again, have yeah. a surprising internal strength that even when we change our mind, we can't break the stance that we took as a child. And it sometimes takes yeah. some deeper traumatic work in trauma counseling to be able to break through that old vow. And, and oddly enough, that child in you may need to be comforted mm-hmm. by you. So you mm-hmm. as the adult might need to give the child, the inner child, permission to cry. Allow her to cry with you in the presence of a, of a counselor through guidance. And sometimes that then unlocks the tears of an adult when the inner child is comforted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. Jill, do you have anything well, I, else? Yeah, I think, Jenna, I think this would be a really good issue to take into therapy with a therapist and to really look at that period of time. You're growing up, your harsh father, when you made that vow. And to mm-hmm. really look mm-hmm. at that little girl that's saying, wait, no, I still need to hold on to this. What I, what I love about it, too, though, Jenna, you're asking about it. Yeah. This isn't something that you right. are not paying attention to. Yeah. And it no, will take some no, work. I was thinking, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, my, I have four children, and they all know I wish I could cry with mm-hmm. them. That's pretty powerful. And I feel deeply for them. That that vulnerability is probably very comforting to them. And and I want you to know your tears aren't necessary to be a comfort and to be empathic to them. It sounds like you actually do a great job of showing up for them in their grief. And it's a good desire you have to want to reconnect with your own emotions through your tears. But I think you're showing up very well as a mom, even if it's without tears. Right. It's interesting because we all know people who cry all the time. Right. Like there's tears coming for every every little thing. And that's not always, um, you know, that's kind of unresolved grief that just keeps going. You know, people Mm -hmm. will push away and they'll say, oh, I just cry about everything. And it's like, no, No, there's something underneath the fact that, yes, exactly. But in the same way, though, Jenna, the fact that you're seeking this, and I love what you guys are telling her as far as just doing the exploration. The other part of this, Mm -hmm. too, is the practice of allowing yourself to cry is, you know, it's been lost, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, you made that vow all those years ago, and now you're kind of in that stuck place. But to your point, Alice, um, Janet, you are very in tune with how you feel. It's just the physical manifestations aren't coming to the surface. And I do agree, um, the EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing could be helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Timeline, you know, just trying to unwind where that stopped. Mm -hmm. Um, You have some really good insight. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys have any books that you would suggest that we send to Jenna? I think healing as a choice would really help you unpack what you have been through, but it also gives action steps to take to further your own healing journey. Yeah. And, you know, it, you know, Jenna, one of the things that your therapist will do is you're going to try to find places where the tears will come mm-hmm. and practice that. That sounds mm-hmm. like you said, when you hang up the phone or when you used to hang up the phone, you'd feel the sadness and you could cry. But it, it will take some practice to get that uh, tear going in front of somebody else. But we're so grateful that you called and, um, you know, just 
know that there's going to be hope and help in the future for you. We're we're grateful for all of our callers today, and I'm always grateful for you, Jill, and you, Alice, and the wisdom that you share. Um, as we close this program, just remember that it is through the gifts and giving of so many people that New Life Ministries is able to do what we do. And we're grateful for our donors. And you can be one of those people that we're grateful for. If you want to give, you can go to newlife.com or you can give us a call at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. We're so grateful you tuned in today and uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, if you have any questions or need any help, give us a call. We are grateful to be there for you. Thanks, Alice, and thanks, Jill. We'll see you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.